everybody. Uh, we're back. The grand triumphant return. Of, uh, well, not really. You, you've been back for a little bit. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you've the been duo. busy. I was going to say, you've, you've, uh, the last couple episodes have been uh, your interviews, which, of course, you teed up the, uh, I guess, the series that we are starting. I should Before we get into it, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. Good day, sir. Good evening, I suppose. Yes. And to it those feels of you like listening... it's two in the morning here, but it's only <laughs> just after nine. Yeah. <laughs> to those of you listening on your morning commute, I suppose good morning as well, or good afternoon, whatever. What was that saying from the Truman Show? The Truman good. Show. Good Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and if I don't see you, something. Or yeah. no, good, after, good, morning, like good morning, good afternoon, good afternoon if I don't if see, I don't you, see good you, good night. Yeah. We're really good at remembering these things. Um, it's been forever since I've seen that show. Really. <laughs> instead of our movie quote at the beginning, we're we're just gonna like misquote movies instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't actually use a movie quote. I'll just use us butchering. Movies. I like it. Um, speaking of, like, so if you noticed the last couple of episodes, and I mean, if this is your first time uh, tuning in, um, well, you wouldn't have noticed anything. But the last couple of episodes sounded a little bit different. But that's uh, that's because we had our buddy Jed from Talking Records. He stepped up to edit some episodes for us because i was just feeling lazy <laughs> i was like oh, i should get around to doing this but you know i ate too much stuffing and pie at christmas and it was just like <laughs> just wanted to forever be in my my christmas food coma and no so he helped us get those episodes out got rolling again and as you mentioned aaron in uh those episodes we're starting a new series um that's going to probably go for a little bit here uh we're almost kind of it's gonna take us to 2023 yeah we're kind of making it up as we go <laughs> along too but uh but we're, we're covering different labels record labels that uh just played a big role a big influence on us in the music that we listened to growing up uh so of course you started with the the two solid state episodes and that's kind of an interesting way to start because the plan here is to do an episode like this where it is myself and Aaron, we're, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to share our records and then following it up with the, the next episode being uh, an interview with an artist who was on the label at some point in time. Don't have to be necessarily on the label now, but uh, they were on at some point in time right. sharing their, their top releases from said label. So uh, yeah, so this time we're going to do Victory Records. That's what we're going to jump into. I, I have no idea how we plan on doing this like what order we're going to do these in um just kind of i guess as we see fit we have a lot of the interviews kind of at least roughly lined well, up it, so yeah and it's basically who's who's available and then um yeah it's not necessarily like super planned out but planned out in the sense of we have an idea of what labels we'll be doing and you know a, a good handful of people confirm for that and yeah. so yeah and it's kind of uh i don't know it, it's you know, starting a new year, it's it's nice to have a plan, but it's also nice to not have so much of a plan that you have to you know stick super to it. And so, yeah, yeah. you there, know, I, I think you know as as we've gone back and forth the last you know month or so, it's you know realizing lives are busy and you know the podcast should be for fun and I, we don't need to get stressed out about it. And so, yeah, because in it's say, in nice. reality from. Uh, since the last time we recorded, I went back to work. <laughs> so like that, that yeah. plays a pretty big role at all of a sudden going like, Oh man, I thought I had all this time 
And now it's just, uh, so, uh, so things may look or sound a little different as we go forward, but, uh, we're going to try and keep it, you know, as, as, you know, I don't know how to word this, but as straightforward, as normal as possible. Yeah, consistent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, the nice thing of you do you go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say like, it, it's nice to, uh, so you're, there's just like a little bit of there a leg. Is. So if I'm cutting you off, then. <laughs> then I apologize for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've just been thinking, even just on my bike ride today, I don't know why it popped into my mind, but, you know, it, it's easy with something like this. You know, you want to make it super professional and, you know, take lots of time to prep and be ready, and which is great. I mean, that definitely makes a podcast even better. But at the same time, what I like about this is it's, you know, it's having conversations. You know, I don't prep when I'm having a conversation with a friend or something, right? It's just, yeah. so, you know... Sometimes if it seems like we're we're not prepped or we don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> it's maybe just because we've, we've been busy or, you know, I'm not trying to make an excuse, but just... I think most you know, of the time we don't know what we're talking going, about. Going against those comments, that's like, you know, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this is just for fun, people. Yeah. We get paid one cent per episode, so... <laughs> I want... Yeah. Uh, sure. I don't know who's paying you, but <laughs> I want to get in on this deal. Who's paying you, man? That's just the interest. That's the interest I'm making from my savings in the hour that we're doing this. <laughs> you see, you're getting paid per episode by not. I mean, you, not like you could really go out with buddies right now, anyway. But <laughs> instead of going out and spending money, you're yeah. sitting at home in your basement talking about music. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's. Oh, I was going to say real quick too. There may be some labels that um possibly get covered that it's just the interview with the artist who knows because they may have been on a label that didn't necessarily strike a major chord with either of us outside of one or two releases um but you know still worth mentioning and so we'll see where it goes like i said yeah we're kind of making it up as we go along so we're going to get into victory records before we get into we're going to do like our top five releases and i know i think you said this in one of the solid state episodes you know this isn't we're not like trying to create some definitive list here that's like these are the top five records or top 10 because we're going to share 10 in total but um you know from such and such a label it's just the ones that hit us uh the only real rule that i think we have is uh just one one release per artist um, you know, we could come across a label where you could fill a top five with one band and that's just not, you know, that kind of yeah. takes some of the, some of the fun away. So when you say like, uh, you know, not, not prepping for conversations with friends, uh, there is a little bit, we, we have constructed our lists with one, one rule in there, but, um, I did want to mention before we, before we dive into our our respective top fives is that uh, we both had a band that we were tossing around uh, to potentially, you know, one of their releases making our top five. And then uh, it's just funny because both of us like different albums from this band. And in the end, they didn't make our top five, but we did want to give a quick mention because it was the only band that kind of made both of our shortlists, which is funny and random, but the band, the audition um, I'm, I'm a big fan of their album Champion, and I think you like one of their other ones, right? Uh, I actually like, well, I like all their albums. Champion's kind of my least favorite, um, but their their self-titled album is my favorite of theirs. Um, I really like their first one. I'm blanking on what it's called. And then the one after self-titled Great Danger was also really good. 
Um, yeah, they were they were one of those bands kind of in that, I don't know what you call it style-wise, pop rock, power pop, punk, pop punk, kind of, you know, that kind of blew up there, I don't know, maybe like mid-2000s or whatever, you know, Tooth and Nail had a lot of those bands, Victory was signing a lot of those, and uh, the audition was always just one that kind of stood stood out, at least from the ones that were on, on Victory. You know, they had a handful of good ones, but uh, for some reason, I just I really liked the audition and, and kind of what they brought to the table. Yeah, they were a band that I, I say they kind of like fit in the realm of like the Fallout Boy kind of pop punk emo sort of thing of the time, except... Yeah. I, 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 Champion is the only album of theirs that I really got into. And it's funny because I bought it. Uh, my wife and I, we were down in Montana, Missoula, Montana. I think we had potentially, we were down there for a concert. We went and saw, did you ever see the movie Once? Uh, I'm familiar with it. My wife yeah, liked so it. Yeah, so it, it I, like I won, remember. I think, an Academy Award for Best Original Song. But anyway, the, the, the two kind of main characters, actors in that movie... Uh, actually formed a band out of it called the swell season and we went down to see them and i'm pretty sure that's when i bought this we were just in like a like a skate shop sort of clothing shop thing and there was you know at the at the front counter was the cd and i was like oh that looks interesting yeah i'll buy it and uh so we listened to it a ton because we drove down there and so just driving around and whatever and it's a one that occasionally um like one of the songs will just pop into my head just like one of the melodies i'm like oh yeah, she'll listen to, or my wife will randomly ask her, she'll be like, what's that one band? And then she'll like, kind of like sing a line or be like, something to do with Montana. I can't remember if we saw them or, uh, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, 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 and put it on. So it's kind of one of those random bands that I think both her and I, uh, listen to on occasion, not, not a ton anymore. That was, that was quite some time ago, but every now and then that one comes back up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put that on. It's, it's catchy. It's hooky. Uh, it's all, it's all the good things. Yeah. So, yeah, super, super good melodies and yeah, great vocalist in that yeah. band. That was always kind of the standout for me with for them. Sure. Uh, let's get into our, our top fives. Um, in the past, I know when we've done kind of these sort of things, like when we pick our you know five albums of the year, we we kind of do them out of order and try and guess each other's list. We're just going to go through our, our, our top five each in our order. We'll go back and forth. So you can share your number five first and uh, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, I just want to say, like, kind of as you alluded to before with, you know, not saying these are the top albums, you know, there's labels like, you know, like Solid State, like Victory that, you know, have been around for 20 plus years and you could pick a top five, you know, metal or hardcore or, you know, screamo or emo or whatever. And so it it was as I was going through their discography, it was like, oh, like this one, this one, you know, then there's so many, at least for me with Victory was like, oh, yeah, I remember this band from a sampler or I saw them live and... And so I was trying to trying to pick kind of like which ones did I listen to the most, which ones that I kind of keep coming back to, because there's lots on there that you know are really influential and and cool albums. But um, so I tried to kind of pick you know even now which ones I would still go back and listen yeah. to on a somewhat and, regular and basis. And before you get into your list, I think uh, I pointed this out as like we kind of really like picked the two sides of victory. Like when I think of victory records, I think of. I mean, I guess, you know, like there are some of mine that don't necessarily like they, they branch out a little bit, but they really feel like you'll see when we get into our list where I'm like, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Well, and especially um, between the interview that's coming up yeah. next, we like re- really, really kind of um, 
picked from the different different sections. So the, the first one that I'm going to go with is um, by the band Darkest Hour. The band, or the album is called Deliver Us. <laughs>
Um, so Darkest Hour, they they put out um, a handful of albums on Victory. I think they already had a few out before this one. Um, this one stands out to me because it came out um, when I was up in Yellowknife. Um, so my wife went up to work there one summer, and when we finished tour, I flew up there and hung out there for a bit, and then we drove back um, to Regina, which was a 24-hour drive. And this is one of the albums that I had, and and uh, I mean, I, I love Dark, Darkest Hour. You know, they're kind of in that melodic, metalcore um, kind of genre. Lots of awesome riffs, really great drumming, awesome live band. Um, you know, this, there's a handful of their albums I, I could have picked, but this one kind of stuck out because of the memory I have with it and, and just a, yeah, a really, really good melodic metal album. That's interesting because, yeah, the, my, uh, my number five, I did listen to that. I put, like, your, you sent me your five and I put them in a playlist and just kind of, like, played through and, and gave a listen to each one. I'm thinking that one... Um, out of the five that you sent was probably also my number five out of that. I was just like trying to think, trying to remember back to it. But anyway, um, the what my number five that I picked, a lot of it has to do as well with kind of like memories that are tied to it. And it's uh, the, the, I guess, self-titled debut from Straylight Run. All the boys' voice cracking, all the morning half tones come summertime. We're all the same age. Here, all the tension and the terror, filling gorgeous green eyes, smiling and dying. Going straight to hell. All the possibilities.
they're an interesting band to me because of course they were uh they were a, not a byproduct so much but like and not a side project but of taking back sunday because uh, one of their members i'm trying to remember he was he was the second vocalist in the band i'm just trying to remember his name right now john nolan uh John Nolan uh, was in Taking Back Sunday, and he was like the second vocalist on that first record. He's actually, I believe, back in Taking Back Sunday now, but he left at one point and started this band with his wife. And it was parts of it were very much you could tell he was he came from Taking Back Sunday and kind of like from that world, but it was also you know maybe a little more piano and acoustic driven, definitely a different sound um, for a lot of what Victory was putting out i think uh definitely a lot more mellow in a sense yeah but it's um the 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 kind of specific memory i have tied to is i bought it like a day or two before i bought it right around when i got married and i took it on like the cd i took it on our honeymoon we went to puerto vallarta and like it was at a time where you know like maybe mp3 players were just becoming a thing but they weren't like you know, obviously you didn't have a phone that you were carrying around streaming music and stuff. So I took a, like a discman with me on the airplane and I bought like a headphone splitter so that my wife and I could both listen to music on, on the discman. And then as we like sat on the beach and whatever, I was just like lugging this thing around, but I only brought that CD and then, um, Oh, what the heck was it called? In Between Dreams, I think, by Jack Johnson. <laughs> Very okay. telling of the time. Cause I think that one just came out too, but, uh, yeah, no, this one, when we when we sat down to take a look at Victory Records, I was like, oh, I forgot all about this and put it back on. And yeah, it's just immediate like snapshot of kind of that, that period in time. Because they were a band that, mo- and actually most of the bands on my list, they were a band that I didn't really follow after that. Like it was like that one release, I was like, yep. And I sucked it up, you know, loved it. And then after that, I think I can recall listening to their follow-up and just not really liking it a ton, but... I could also be confusing them with another band at that point. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. Uh, I can, I'm not sure what year this release came out, or if this was the first of its kind for Victory. But you know, there was definitely a period where they were putting out you know albums like this, where they were clearly you know branching off you know even more mm-hmm. so from what they were kind of known for. You know, I'm guessing because of the connection with Taking Back Sunday, which is yeah, you know, often what happens with labels and well, releases. And part of me is wondering if that's why it was on Victory, like if if John Nolan was in like part of his contract with victory was he had to put out yeah, so many, so many records. Um, I'm trying to see if it, uh, if it says anywhere due to, Oh, here you go. Due to John's and Sean's involvement in their previous band, they were bound by contract to release an album under victory records. They began to record their first album in April, 2004 and released their self-titled debut on October 12th, 2004 after a one month postponement. Um, the album sold over 11,000 copies in the first week, made the Billboard Top 100 albums list. The album featured Nate Ruiz, former lead singer of The Format and current frontman of indie pop group Fun. What? Say what? Interesting. That's a little known fact I did not there know. There you go. Yeah. On the song It's For The Best. In late 2005, the band toured with Simple Plan. So yeah, they, that record was on Victory because uh, they were under contract. I'm just not sure... Oh, yeah, and then their next one, Prepare to be Wrong, an EP they released in 2005, was also on Victory, which then ended their contract with Victory. So after that, they were on Universal. Jeez. All right, cool. But, yeah, so there you go. I was I was wondering that, but didn't look it up. Seems like an interesting band to tour with. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, seems like uh, an interesting band to tour with Simple Plan. Kind of, yeah. I mean, what was Simple Plan doing at that time? Like, if they, I'm trying to think if they were still kind of like the straight-up pop punk or if they had kind of... I don't know if they had started, like, doing their transition to more of the pop radio stuff. But anyway, what's uh, what's your number four? Yeah. Uh, number four is Atreyu with Death Grip on Yesterday. Yeah, so Treyu was one of those bands that, you know, was kind of coming after the 
the kind of boom of hardcore and metal, you know, where they were kind of going a bit more mainstream, you know, a bit more goth, screamo kind of stuff. Um, so this was the third, the third album um, that they put out. And yeah, this, I mean, this album is just great. It's really catchy, but it's heavy and melodic. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those, if you like Atreyu, then you're really going to like this album. And uh, this was kind of my last, last album of theirs that I really liked. Um, I still remember going and buying it at the mall and listening to it on my Discman, and and uh, yeah, this is still still one I go back to. It also, I don't know if it came with it or if it was a separate thing, but there was you know a DVD which was pretty common back then that you'd get with magazines or whatever that had you know a thirty minute kind of studio behind behind the scenes kind of thing. Now you would just watch it on YouTube, yeah. but back then you know you had to get it on the DVD. And so that really kind of instilled my love for it, just kind of seeing some of the behind the scenes and, and seeing the drums being recorded. And it's just a really, really good sounding album and one that I love going back yeah, to. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where I heard Atreyu first. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I must have had like a victory uh, like compilation or DVD or something because I definitely remember listening to them. I don't know that I really... I was a little bit surprised when I was looking this one up that, yeah, because I think you said it was like their third release or whatever, and I was like, oh, I kind of expected, you know, like the first one or whatever one that they kind of uh, first really came onto the scene with. But but yeah, they're they're always a band that <laughs> immediately when I think of Atreyu, I think of Never Ending Story and like one of like yeah. the saddest moments in any, you know, like ki- movie I watched growing up as a kid, right? Like when the horse dies, like ah! it just it rips my heart out every time. But yeah, no, it's it's funny cuz I think so far we're going in the same order with your like list when I listen through them. Um the ones that are a little more, you know, kind of on the like the metal metal core side of things are the ones that were sorted towards yeah. the bottom of my list but that i mean that record sounds great uh for sure my number four is uh a band i don't even know if i realized when i had this record that it was on victory records i must have but it's refused songs to fan the flames of discontent
course, refused. Everyone was big and huge on the shape of punk to come and that record. And it was, it was cool. But for me, like, I think I bought this record because of the shape of punk to come, even though I never owned the shape of punk to come. I went, Oh yeah, everyone's loving on refused. And I saw this one in store. So I went and picked it up and it's definitely a little, it's, it's different from what would come out later. Um, but it's, it just, I think it hits so hard. And the song like coup d'etat <laughs> back in early January, when all the shenanigans were going on down in the States and the Capitol and people are talking about a coup d'etat. All I could think of was the song coup d'etat from this record and how I can't remember the lead singer's name, but just, I will have my coup d'etat. <laughs> it was just like, boom, drilled in my head. It's something that stuck <laughs> with me since I, since I first heard it back in the early two thousands, but it's also got just like a striking cover. Um, I don't know. It's I, I I'm always a little bit surprised maybe when that band gets talked about and like that record just kind of gets ignored because you know mm. people there was something special about the shape of punk to come that I liked but also I think I actually preferred this record because this record just feels more like the the songs are just more in your face maybe I don't know I don't know how to explain it but were you ever a fan of Refused? Uh, I feel like the most or when I listened to them the most is when I was with a few specific friends and I can picture still being in their car, um, especially that rather be dead song, you know, certain parts where, you know, when I hear it, it's like, Oh, I I just visualize myself driving with my buddy in his car. And, um, yeah, I mean, they were one of those bands that especially with shape of punk to come, um, you know, gained a lot more popularity and, and, uh, never, never an album that I would like go and put on start to finish. It was kind of, you know, if they had music videos or because a lot of their songs I find are like pretty dramatic, kind of like up and down <laughs> yeah, or yeah. they're a little, you know, a little bit spazzy yeah. here and there. And yeah. And so it's, you know, not not the style I connected with the most, but I thought, you know, it was really cool. And again, you know, if I'm like driving around with my buddy in his car and it's on, you know, he'll play me his favorite songs and I'll kind of connect with it yeah. that way. Um it, like speaking of shape of punk to come though the song new noise like the guitar the lead guitar riff in that has been something that kind of stuck with me forever and anytime someone's playing like a a, a lead riff yeah. that they're palm muting on you know let's say the the th- like the uh the g b and e strings I, I immediately especially like the g and b i'm in this world where i'm like oh i'm listening to refuse it, it was something that was kind of pretty i think unique uh to to that song but um so yeah, what's your number three? Oh man, this album is so good. <clears throat> um, it's by Close Your Eyes. The album is called Empty Hands and Heavy Hearts.
this is a band that they they put out their first album. And uh, I remember there being like a little bit of hype around it. I never loved it. I would listen to it. And it's like, ah, it's kind of mediocre. It kind of sounds like a first band that Victory, you know, saw potential in and signed them and put out their first album. Uh, but this one just, it sounded so much better. The songs were so much better. It was super catchy. Um, this one reminds me a lot of, of Trash Boat, mm-hmm. who, who we both yeah. love. You know, just kind of that kind of melodic, fast, um, you know, somewhat hardcore but not you know that heavy you know kind of similar to like come back in rise against at times you know um, where the vocals are maybe kind of yelled a bit more yeah. but i don't know this album is just is, is really good i love putting it on the songs are really memorable and and uh yeah a great release yeah no i this is one that because it's at the it's the very top of my the playlist i made from the albums that you suggested and i think i get parts of darkest hour maybe and this record confused a little bit because i'm trying to remember i'm looking right now to see if no i think it's the song injustice on this record that uh when it first came on like i put it back to the beginning again and i was like this song is like it bangs and it kind of reminds me at times maybe of like of alexis on fire i don't know if that's a fair comparison um but just like the the because because there's i mean there's yelling slash screaming as well as kind of like a, a clean vocal and when the clean vocal's going he actually sounds like a mix for me anyways between dallas green and wade can't remember his last name but wade of alexis on fire McNeil. McNeil, yeah like this like crossover between those two vocals because of course dallas and wade have such you know different vocals from each other with you know dallas being super clean and wade being kind of growly right like and so it's like this in between that there's moments on this record that remind me of the good parts of alexis on fire that i really liked around that same time but yeah i definitely appreciated kind of more of the like the hardcore punk edge uh with this one compared to say like the other atreyu and darkest hour that were you know kind of leaning more in in the direction of metal but uh i think it was one that you said i would like when you sent the list yeah. yeah, yeah, because it reminds me of Trashbow, which I know you like. <laughs> yeah. so. It's funny because I didn't hear that in it, so I'm interested to go back and listen again. Um, but I do know, too, when I was like listening, I don't know if I listen to any of these albums like start to finish complete or if I would like listen to a handful of songs and then like, skip to the next one to see. Uh, but uh, this was definitely one of the ones that stood out. But uh, my number three is a Canadian band uh, by the name of Grade. They're from Ontario, Under the Radar. <laughs>
mentioned earlier with when I was talking about Straylight Run that there were some bands on this list that I didn't really follow up outside of one particular album. And this is definitely one of them. I tried listening to the album that came after this and I've heard people say good things about it, but I could just never get into it for whatever reason. But this record, Under the Radar, I don't know if they had a music video for the song A Year in the Past, Forever in the Future. They must have, because I want to say I, I heard it on like much music sort of thing. Uh, they must have had a video for it that I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure it's just them playing in a room or whatever, right? But that like opening riff on that song, din, 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 din. like I've heard that riff everywhere, like not just by grade, but yeah. it like pops up like in a, in a Matt Good song. Speaking of another Canadian, he has, I can't remember specifically which song, but he has one that has like that exact same riff in it. And I feel like I've heard it come up in other places. And every time I hear it, in these different songs, I'm immediately drawn back to, to grade and just like, it's one of that song particularly is, is, is like a song that when I look back on like high school, I'm like, Oh, that song, like it, it's one of those ones that'll immediately take me back there. And I actually only had one opportunity that I can remember to see them. And I, I had to skip out on it because, you know, they came to Calgary at a time when I was like, um, I had to I had to bum rides to get into shows, uh, like because I didn't have my driver's license and Calgary was a good you know half hour away or whatever. So I always had to rely on friends or the odd time like my parents to like drop me off or something. And so they came to town and they played at like the 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 Calgary Multicultural Center, like the venue that basically all the local all ages shows were at. But instead of it being on a Friday or a Saturday, it was like because they were touring, it was like a Wednesday. And so I couldn't find a ride to go. And I just remember being so bummed. And part of me thinks there's a chance that Monine also played that show. Um, either that or a different show that happened at the multi during the week that I had to miss that Monine played at. Um, but yeah, and so I was, I was always a little bit bummed. I think they're actually not necessarily still together, but back together. I think I saw a YouTube video of them from just a couple of years ago playing at like a dickens pub somewhere in ontario like just a tiny show on the floor that would be like yeah I'd, I'd be down for that but um yeah no this record has always been and i've seen them come up as like an influential band in like whether it's different like post-hardcore facebook groups or whatever and i'm always like a little bit surprised anytime like a canadian band gets brought up and i'm like what really yeah. like okay cool like i had no idea like to me they were just you know a good canadian band that you know and and that's part of I think kind of like the world or scenes that we sort of grew up in is like, sometimes you just assume that these bands don't do anything anywhere else, but here they were influencing people, I guess. So that's cool. Yeah. They were always one of those bands that, you know, like you said, they, they were being, you know, you know they were influencing other bands. So their name was coming up a lot. I never remember seeing them come through um, anywhere where I was. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if they just kind of got lost in, you know, some of the other bigger Ontario bands, you know, like you said, Alexis on Fire or Silverstein, um, you know, Cancer Bats. Like, it just yeah. seemed like those bands, you know, were always coming through or you were seeing them on tours or in magazines. For some reason, Grade kind of seemed like those one of, you know, I don't know if it was just like wrong place, wrong time or or whatever it was, or maybe they just didn't tour as, as full-time or whatever, yeah. but they just kind of weren't in front of of people as much as well, other bands. And, and, so. and part of me wonders if they stuck more to, like, the Northeast 
touring like of the states and stuff like that like i could i could see that like being a thing where just you know playing like philly and new jersey and like new york like just like kind of that sort of area versus trekking yeah. across the country like uh and maybe that's how they ended up influencing you know a number of bands or whatever like because they were they were in some of those those bigger scenes versus coming out west i guess i don't know but regardless that record uh that record is one that even outside of doing you know this episode that i'll go back to like for sure number five and four like straight light run and refuse for me like i don't really go back to them outside of doing something like this but grade is one that'll come up and and like i said specifically a year in the past forever in the future just to hear that Dun, 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 you know this is a time yeah. in our life it's sad it's such a good song so i won't ruin it anymore by singing it but um what's your number two number two i'm going to go with comeback kid broadcasting
We're sticking Canadian. Got that CanCon going. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I could just hear people saying like, oh, how could you not pick Wake the Dead? Mm. That is an amazing record. I do love that one. Um, this one I, I picked because it kind of stands out to me for a few reasons. So this is the first album um, that uh, Andrew was singing. So Scott left after um, the first two albums. And uh, this is kind of one that just I remember kind of people talking about and not, you know, not really sure if they were liking it. And, you know, it was almost a little bit underrated. You know, it kind of blew up with Wake the Dead. And then this album came out. And, you know, it had a little bit different of a sound. Not that drastic that, you know, you put it on and it still sounds like Comeback Kid. But, I don't know, every time I go back to this one, I'm kind of surprised by, by how much I like it. And maybe that's just because it didn't get, you know, nearly as many plays as Wake the Dead. Um but it's one that when I put on, it's like, man, there's some really cool parts in here, and, and I wish more people would go back and, and appreciate it. And, it. and this album's come up a number of times. Um, even um, Stu Ross, who now plays guitar in the band, had had mentioned this album on our uh, quarantine mm-hmm. scene um, episode about, you know, kind of an underrated album. And uh, so, yeah, this this is one I think people should go back to, you know, Comeback Kids, one of those bands. If you like that kind of music, you know who they are. You have their favorite albums by them. And, uh, you know, besides a select few people, I haven't heard that this is a favorite of people's. But I, I don't really know why, because when I go back and listen, I'm like, this still sounds like Comeback Kids. There's a lot of really good stuff happening here. But mm. just, again, that, that kind of transition period maybe threw off some people. It's interesting because, so when you sent me your list, I was like, at first, I was like, oh, there's only one album on here I'm familiar with. And then when I, which is your number one album, now, now I know. But uh, when I went and looked at, at broadcasting, I was like, oh, no, I've, I've listened to this for sure. Uh, not a ton. Like, Comeback Kid was always a band that I didn't even realize they were on Victory Records, for one thing. Like, that was kind of a, a bit of a surprise to me when, when I saw that. I was like, oh, all right, cool, cool. Like, um, but they... Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was them or Figure Four because I always get those two bands mixed up because they, like, I think Figure Four was the first band and then Comeback Kid kind of started. Is that right? Yeah, Figure Four was going and then Comeback Kid was kind of a side project. But I saw one of them in, and if it's Figure Four, then it's completely, you know, doesn't matter, but in like this tiny, tiny room. Uh, with the band One of These Days, which uh, was like a big... Oh, yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, and so that's that was mainly why I went to that show, actually, was to see One of These Days. And um, and then another band that played that show was a band called uh, The Stars Wept, I think. Either that or, I'm, or, or The Stars Wept were an actual band that I'm confusing them with. But anyways, it was like featuring a couple members of Compromise uh, and it was a pretty cool show, but it was like in this tiny room that was normally, like I mentioned the multicultural center earlier. And normally this room was like used as like the coat room. (laughs) And then, so they did this one show and it was like, I mean, it was bigger than you needed for a coat room for a lot of these shows. But like this one show, it was the room that we were in and it was just like the whole room was, was a pit basically. Right. Like you couldn't, the only way you're getting out of it is if you were like plastered against the wall, but uh, it was one of it was one of those memorable shows that kind of came with me that I I still remember. But obviously, the biggest detail I don't remember is if it was Comeback Kid or Figure Four. I feel like it may have been Comeback Kid because at the time, Figure Four was like the bigger of the two bands, and uh, I feel like it was you know like they would have been playing the bigger room maybe. But 
I could be entirely wrong on that. But anyway, uh, my number two. Uh, now, this could have been a toss-up with my number one. Um, but in the end, I went with this one at number two because my number one band is one that, uh, like my number one album is from a band that I got more into even like as they kind of went on. But so my number two is Thursday Full Collapse. <laughs> Yeah! 
And this band or this album, I had their album before it, like waiting, um, and it was good. But this album, just like I, I want to say, it's also one of the albums that like blew the doors off of like the whole post-hardcore scene, where you know you had bands that were like, "Oh, you can sing and scream," you know. Like I felt yeah. like before this, it was more. You know, you either had bands that screamed or you had bands that sang. Now, obviously, I'm not saying Thursday is the first band to do it, but I think they were kind of like the first band to really be at the forefront of that. And when this album came out, I also felt like all of a sudden, at least in my scene that I grew up in, you started seeing bands, my band included, that started including songs that had screaming and singing in it. Like they actually, for me anyways, they they kind of changed how I viewed what, you know, a song, a punk song or whatever, a hardcore song could be. Um, and it was all, yeah, like I can remember playing a show. So, uh, the song cross out the eyes was like, just like a huge influence on me. And I can remember I was like trying out for this band that was in the scene that they were like, I can't remember what they're called now, but they're like, Oh, we're going to change our sound. They were like this kind of like straight up, like pop punk sort of band, you know, doing their thing. And they're like, we, we want to like change our sound and do more, you know, like sing, scream sort of stuff because of Thursday. And so they're like, Hey, did you want to come try? So I, I played like one show with them or I just did one song. The rest of their set was still kind of like their older material. And then we did this one song together. And I just remember like, going all out like this is when i'm just like learning how to scream and you know like it was it was a fun time because like it was probably one of like the the most like reactive crowds i was ever in front of but it literally was just like this one song and i'm like all right peace i didn't even stay for the rest of the show <laughs> i was there did one song was like okay hey, i'm out <laughs> but uh yeah no thursday yeah, that's awesome they they like Cause then there, I just feel like there was a flood of bands that came after that that were all of a sudden doing the whole singing and yeah. screaming thing, and um, for better or for worse, <laughs> like this record, I can still put it on, and it's funny because like straight up vocally, like Jeff's singing voice isn't necessarily my favorite vocalist by any means, um, but as soon as like the screams and the layered vocals come in, it's like oh, it all it all makes sense now. It's all right in the world again, but. Um, yeah. So what was your, were you, were you ever into, were you into Thursday at all? Or were they kind of like one of those bands? You're like, all right. They're one of those bands that a lot of people around me really loved. Um, but I never super got into like, you know, I've mentioned this before, how, you know, bands like this, or even, you know, bands like the used where, you know, it's not quite heavy enough for me. Um, there's maybe a bit too much kind of up and down dynamics, which at the time, you know, I just kind of wanted it to be just straight ahead, fast, heavy or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this album got played a lot, you know, in, in my friend's vehicles or in our tour van or whatever it was. And, you know, it, it was pretty much impossible to not listen to this album. Like it was getting played everywhere. They were blowing up, you know, same with bands like the used and taking back Sunday and my chemical romance. Like those kind of bands were, were impossible to, to not listen to, you know, mm-hmm. like even if you were at the mall and stuff that these bands are getting <laughs> played. And so, yeah. you know, I, I definitely, um, 
can um uh, what's the word like appreciate the influence they had on the scene and and just kind of what they brought and what i always liked about them is um you know you mentioned jeff their singer but just a band as a whole you know they don't stand out as you know like my chemical romance of the U's, where you know they were kind of like the pretty boys not that they were like trying to be you know they were kind of dressed gothic and whatever but i never really saw thursday as one of those bands that you know like teenage girls loved because of how they look it's interesting with thursday because i think i read that they're kind of like viewed as one of the last like actual sort of like DIY coming from the hardcore scene, post-hardcore bands before really like the whole mall emo scene blew up. So you talk about bands like The Used and My Chemical Romance and and then like further down the line, like Fall Out Boy, stuff like that. Like that Thursday was kind of, like I think they're, it's safe to say they're a part of that in the sense that like for sure they played with some of those bands. But from what I understand, they also still came from like the basement show scene sort of thing. Right. Like, um, we're like, that's, that's what they came up through. And so I know I, I'm pretty sure they were also a bunch of art students, um, which is always a, you know, a good formula for a band that wants to change a sound, change the genre a little bit, just send them to art school. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, so I, I've just read some things where they were kind of like one of the last ones that were, you know, like legit tied to a scene, whether or not that's true. I don't know. Right. Like, cause I mean, dashboard confessional would come right around that time and sort of after that and you can look at dashboard and be like well you know like that's like the forefront of mall emo even at times and he legit came from a hardcore scene right like so some of that was still there for sure but i think it, it they were just starting to enter a world where it was more and more like now bands are coming up and they're not necessarily coming through that sort of avenue or whatever but um Let's get into your number one. Yeah, so my number one is maybe kind of a, a typical one, um, I guess, depending on on how you view it. But that's a day to remember is homesick. <laughs>
struggled with this one. You know, it's like, well, you know, I like Comeback Kid more overall than A Day to Remember. But again, this album was was very influential. You know, it was kind of everywhere. Um, it blended, you know, pop punk and heavy, which I loved. And by this album, people had really kind of gotten used to the sound. I remember when their first album, uh, For All Those That Have Heart, came out, you know, it was kind of like this, like, what is going on? Like, it's pop punk, but all of a sudden there's breakdowns, you know. They were kind of starting to, to, bl- to blur those lines. And But when this album came out, it was a lot more kind of um, refined, you know, so to speak. It wasn't as kind of jagged as the first one. And uh, I, just an album, yeah, I, I go to all the time. I just put it on a few weeks ago. Um, just a lot of really fun, memorable songs on it. Really cool heavy parts, really good melody in it. And, uh, yeah, it's maybe not even necessarily their best album, um, but I think it's, at least for me, probably their most memorable. If I could only have one album from them, this is probably the one that, that I would stick with. It's This is another album or band on this list that I didn't realize was actually on Victory Records, but part of that is because I didn't really... Like, I want to say I probably listened to this record when, around the time it came out, because... I had a friend who I remember him bringing it to me and be like, you got to check this out. Like, this is awesome. It may have been one or two years after it came out, but, uh, and I remember listening to it and be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Cause you know, like, like you mentioned the whole pop punk side with, you know, the heavier side. And, you know, I had no idea at that time what easy core was by any means. And, uh, and so I remember listening to it, the artwork kind of stuck with me. And then that was sort of it. Uh, like he lent it to me for a little while and then, you know, I gave it back and that was sort of, that was sort of it. And then we, I mean, we did our Easy Core episodes last year. And before that, like in, you know, another age of this podcast, we talked about this record and it's grown on me over time. There's still, I still have one major bone with this record and it's the, the gang vocals on it are just so, uh, I don't know how obnoxious I think is the word I've used to describe them. Like they literally feel in the mix to me, like they recorded the whole album and they mixed it, and then as they were sending it off for mastering, someone was like, what if we put gang vocals in? Or they were like, we forgot to put gang vocals in. So then it feels to me like they recorded them separately and then like just loaded them in the tracks. They're so weird for me, but at the same point, like you kind of get past it um, after. It's just, I just remember when I first heard it, I was like, oh, like those vo- gang vocals are right there, right? Like as opposed to being like a backup sort of thing, they're like front and center at times but uh it is like for sure a memorable record and i i was a little surprised to find out that it was your number one like i thought comeback kid for sure was going to be your number one but i mean it's i thought it would this would be number two so it's fine like you can you can throw those back and forth but uh yeah no it's a it's a it's a good time um my number one you kind of briefly mentioned them uh would be taking back sunday tell all your friends your lipstick is colored up by the angel I know exactly what goes on When everything you'll get is Everything that you want in well, would you prefer? My finger on the trigger or Oh, 
seconds I will never ask if you have to never tell me I know you well enough to know You never loved me You want me for the cash You told me like going through my list and trying to figure out what my number one was I was going back and forth between Thursday's full collapse and this record and then I kind of decided because I started even going back and forth between this record and where you want to be by taking back Sunday because I also really like that record and so in the end I was like well I think it's taking back Sunday has to be my number one because unlike Thursday I followed this band um you know, for the next few albums and then kind of fell off and then sort of came back with their last album. And I saw them, you know, on, on the tour for that record with the used actually, which was just like an incredible show. And I was so surprised that after all this time, like I thought the bands were actually better than when I'd seen them back kind of at their peak, um, which doesn't always happen as far as their performances were concerned. I'm not saying like their latest records were anywhere near, you know, these first couple, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so I ended up going with this record just because I can remember like when it came out, just being blown away at what they were doing. Not necessarily musically, but vocally. Much like Thursday, there was like nothing like this, you know, like going on as far as, you know, I had heard at that time. You know, maybe you could maybe make a comparison with say like when Blink would have Mark and Tom kind of do a little bit of a back and forth, but like the way they did this and then you like open the lyric book and the lyrics don't make sense because they're not really in any order because how do you present what they're singing? Right? Like, it's just like this whole like mess. Um, but at the same point I was listening to it on my way home from work today and I was like, dang, I could sing along to almost like every word on this record still. Like it's, as soon as it comes on, I'm like, you know, heartbroken all over again in the best of ways. Right. Like, and it's interesting cause there's like, so this record and, uh, the first, not, yeah, the first record from, I can't remember the name of it, but brand new, uh, the first, the, no, that's, that's their second one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hold on. I want to, <laughs> but uh, there I have it. Oh, it's literally behind me. Shoot. It's right here. <laughs> Your favorite weapon. I was like, yeah, it's right here. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so there are songs on these two records that share lyrics, uh, which is like this crazy thing. Like when you hear it, you know, I there was this whole thing at the time where it was like, you're either team Taking Back Sunday or team Brand New, because what happened is like the lead singer of uh, Brand New, so Jesse Lacey, 
and the lead singer of Taking Back Sunday, which I, Adam, I, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Trying to find it, I was hoping it would pop up, but um, they, I guess, there was like a thing where Adam maybe stole Jesse's girlfriend, or there's there was some weird Sweet. love triangle thing, right? So then he stole Jesse's girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so there was this whole like back and forth thing that they had, and. A, a big beef and so there were like lyrics i don't remember i know it's out there but you know either someone stole lyrics from someone like vice versa whatever the case it's this whole just like interesting mess of a thing and it's funny because yeah you you had people that were like oh you got to be team jesse or team adam basically right um and i like both bands they're 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 fine but i think taking back sunday is definitely my favorite of the two but um, yeah, so it was just like something I'd never, never heard before. And and their follow-up, Where You Want to Be, I thought was just as good, even though they had a member change. And Louder Now is good too. It's kind of one that's grown on yeah. me some. It was like forever. I was like, well, no, it's either Tell All Your Friends or Where You Want to Be. Like Louder Now is fine, but it's not as, you know. And maybe part of it was because I believe it was produced by the same guy who produced, what was the, like, it was one of the good Charlotte records, like young and restless or young and hopeless or whatever baby. And they, they just sounded so similar. Like if you listen to him, the kick drum on both of them sounds the exact same and it drove me nuts. <laughs> mm. It's a weird thing to get, you know, offended over, but, um, and then like with taking back Sunday, the first time I saw them live was at warp tour. And, uh, they were like one of the last, they were the last band of the day. And as was often the case with Calgary Warp Tours, there was bad weather that rolled in or was rolling in. So in this particular year, the bad weather was rolling in. It had been nice and hot all day. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it was just like this storm's rolling in. So they said, okay, Yellow Card and Taking Back Sunday are going to split one set. So instead of each getting 30 minutes, they're each going to get 15 minutes. And it's just going to be like bang, bang, so quick, right? And so they came out, Yellow Card played their set. I'm sure they played, you know, a couple other hits, whatever. And then Taking Back Sunday came out and they're like, do you want us to play? Because this was when this was, they were touring for Tell All Your Friends. And they're like, do you want us to play uh, some new songs or some old songs? And of course, everyone's like, old songs. They're like, all right. So they just went into this set of like, probably like five songs, just like bang, 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 bang. But as soon as they started playing, it just started pouring. And like, so Adam is like standing out on the front of the stage, just getting drenched, like downpour, just super like crazy. He's doing hair flips and it's water's going everywhere. Right. Like, it's just like about as like emo anthemic as could possibly be. And then as soon as that finishes, <laughs> everyone's like, okay, get the hell out of here. And so we're like all running back to our cars. It's just like coming down. I get in my car. I'm in there. My buddy's in there and we're waiting for one other guy who's catching a ride home with me. And he's just like, taking his time walking super slow and it's like starts hailing like golf ball size hail and he's just like <laughs> you know like just covering his head with whatever he could find <laughs> like you should probably run because like taking back sunday comes out on stage and they're like we got a tornado brewing <laughs> and it's like you just like look behind him and it's like green skies and just like pure mayhem and hell behind them but um it was a pretty pretty great set even though it was only 15 minutes i was like dude that was awesome i don't care if it was cut short every bit of that was absolute just like insanity it was too good so um thankfully i did get to see them several times after that like actual full concerts without you know getting drenched but 
But hey, that's uh, that's it. Were you into Taking Back Sunday at all? Yeah, wow. I I, I can't match uh, that story. That sounds pretty. That sounds was, pretty awesome. The word is epic. That um, you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't get into Tell All Your Friends. Again, it was around. I heard it. People were listening to it, loving it. Um, I did enjoy um, Where You Want to Be and Louder Now, and then kind of checked yeah. out a little bit kind of here and there after that. Yeah, I, I, again, one of those bands that you know I, I didn't get super connected with or their music lyrics didn't really connect with me, but I, I really enjoy listening to it. You know, it's I, I like it more than Thursday, right? It's a bit more melodic, yeah. a bit more easy to sing along to and catchy and... I don't know if I've ever seen them live. I was trying to think as you were telling that story if I've seen them, um, but it's it's not coming to me. So so maybe I haven't. But yeah, one of the shows I saw them was uh, Taking Back Sunday with Under Oath and um, uh, Armor for Sleep, which was that was the like the first uh, yeah. proper time I got to see them. I think by that point it was they were on the Louder Now tour because it was like it was in like a it was an arena show. Um, not like full like NHL NBA arena, but you know it was still probably like six six yeah. seven thousand people in there or whatever. But it was it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they were. They, they, so you you said you got into them with more with where you want to be and then louder now. So um, Fred Maraschino Mascherino, I don't know how to say his name, but he was he was the yeah. guy who came in the band. He I actually just discovered he's got his, a YouTube channel that is pretty fascinating because uh, so it's it's under his like other band name that he started after that, the color fred which is a terrible name but um i did yeah. have i think i think it must have been <laughs> the first record that he did like after he left taking back sunday and it, it, much like Straylight run uh with john nolan this record there are definitely songs where you're like oh yeah it sounds like taking back sunday um but he uh yeah he does some pretty fascinating videos where he'll like whether he's doing playthroughs of some of his songs, including like taking back Sunday songs and he kind of breaks down things and does like vocals, like sing-alongs and stuff. Or if he's like giving in-depth looks at some of these albums, it's pretty sweet. So if you're a fan of taking back Sunday, especially that era and you haven't, uh, you haven't checked out Fred's YouTube channel, just look it up the color Fred. That's what it's under. And, uh, he calls it, I think it's called either. I think it's in the shed with Fred or Fred in the shed or something like that. Cause I think he's got like a, like a, basically a shed on his, on his property that he's decked out to be like a studio. Um, that looks pretty sweet, but anyway, yeah. So those are our top five victory records releases. And I think, I, th- I think we got a pretty good list. We, we, we covered like a good variety of what, of what victory was doing at least like from the late, late nineties all the way through like the, Right around 2010 or so, right? So, because um, when did when did a day to remember come? Yeah, out? no, that would have been before 2010, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah early like 2005, six kind of thing, or like um, when Homecoming. Yeah, came without out? giving any spoilers, we we get into some. Sorry, what's the no? Sorry, I was just trying to figure out when the when the day to remember record came out, but um, yeah, what were you saying? Um, <laughs> took two thousand seven or eight, maybe. Yeah, that's what I said. I was trying to think of when when it was played to me, which house I was living in at the time. I was in college, so that's a that's uh, a window from two thousand seven so to two thousand nine. But I don't know when it came <laughs> out. But um, but yeah. So it, so anyway, that's 
I digress. <laughs> yeah. So that'll uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep diving into labels. You got another episode coming up on Victory Records, like you mentioned. We got a we're gonna be following these episodes up with interviews. Um, at least that's the plan with artists who are on the label. So that's kind of what you're gonna hear in the next episode. But we are gonna dive into some other record labels, some of your favorites. If you've got a label that you want us to cover that you think we might not cover, um, let us know. Like who knows? Maybe maybe we'll be like, oh yeah. Uh, I was a fan of Lobster Records. I didn't really know much on Lobster Records. There's the odd thing, but um, oh, they had some really cool releases. Yeah, I don't know that I could do a legit top five, but <laughs> except I might be able yeah, to go yeah. like, oh, there's literally five records on this label I've listened to. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? You know what I'm saying. So let us know wherever you're listening to the podcast. It'd be awesome if you rated it and reviewed it. Um, because that's going to help the show grow and get into more people's ears. Or another way you can do that is just by telling your friends about the show, uh, especially tell all yeah, your tell friends. all your friends. <laughs> that was that was like a it was anyway. Um, <laughs> you can find us on our social media <laughs> at Growing Punk Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. Just look us up, and then uh, of course our website GrowingPunkPod.com. Uh, but that will do it. So goodbye, friends. Vortex, please. You're letting the sadness of the swamps get to you. You have to try. You have to care. For me. You're my friend.